This sixth day of February at 7.39 on a chilly, foggy... Two degrees. Two degree Saturday morning. My name's Jason. There's Ashley. We live in a little town called Piobico, Italy. And technically speaking, we still have an activity called La Tavola Marche, but... We will see. <laughs> we'll see if that is true. <laughs> Well, thanks for holding on and our inconsistency. We thought we'd try to jump back more than every uh, six months and do another one a little bit closer to the last. (laughs) So let's give an update on what's been going on. The last time um, we did the podcast, basically it was all about Lardo, lockdown. We hadn't gone anywhere but the grocery store. Well, thankfully now we are in Zona Jala, yellow zone. Uh, They've um, split Italy into different... Um, colors. Colors. So it's white, which is theoretical. No one's really. No one, been that doesn't in really white. exist. Uh, yellow, uh, orange, and red. Yes. So we normally have been in orange for most of the lockdown, and that means you can't leave your town, and you can really only go out for essentials, the grocery store, the pharmacy. Uh, and now we are in yellow, which means we can go out to lunch. Woo! Apparently, COVID comes out and gets you at dinner time. It's dark. It comes out at dark. So, um, <laughs> lunch is okay. Then. Lunch is okay, and now we're able to move freely within our region. But cannot travel unless it's a necessity or health or work outside of the region of Lamarck. Exactly. So that meant as soon as we uh, settled into Zona Jala. Uh, let the restaurants kind of recoup and open back up again. And a few days later, we went to lunch in Fano with Gaggi and Rosana. <laughs> and let the hijinks ensue. <laughs> now, this was uh, the normal place we go to, La Nadia. Uh, with Gaggi and Rosana. With Gaggi and Rosana, which has been there for 100 years, I'm sure, is a... Um, very family, like it's an it's old a- school institution. Like this is where, um, all the oldies, like they all know the owners. Um, it's nice. It's got real, it's got, it's not a trattoria or a, no, this um, is the older clientele. So this is perfect for them. And good um, fish. Oh, beautiful. Now the locals, Simple. locals will say a little high price for the portions. Uh, it's not, it's not, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's lovely. Anyway, they were complete though, which means booked. So, um, we ended, we, I said, let's go to Ristrante El Mare. It's another one right near there that we've never gone to. It's a little bit fancier and modern. We just, a little modern. We didn't know, but we'd heard it was good. So we thought, let's try something else. And uh, so we meet and go to, first of all, before lunch, Chase, we set up this lunch date. Gaji's, oh shoot, there's the phone call from Gaji. One moment, please. (laughs) Okay, I love it. We speak, I speak to Gaji no less, and I'm not, this is no hyperbole, twice a day. He calls twice a day. Consistently. Um, Consistently. Now, this is my kind of phone call. It lasts anywhere from 60 seconds to five minutes. He wants a little... Five minutes would be windy. Five minutes is a long one. Like, we're talking about <laughs> something. Um, he just wants an update. What's going on? What we're doing? I just... I like it. He wants the weather report. He wants the weather report. I love it. It's just... It, sometimes it's in the evening. It's like, oh, God. Because we're, like, watching something or I'm in the middle of something. But I really, really like the... the and it's not a big deal. It's, hey, what's up? What's going on? What's the weather like? What uh, are you doing uh, today? Uh. And he just grunts. And he grunts a couple of times. And then, he, okay, talk to you tonight. 
I like it. Sometimes he blows us up in the evening, though. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I ignore the phone. But uh, and then he starts calling like a stalker, like every five minutes. Where were you? Pick up your phone. <laughs> anyway, we were just about to tell a funny Gaji story. So okay. wait, before we even go to lunch, now once we get the date set, Gaji's got a mission for you. I don't remember. Pick up dead rabbits. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. So they ordered our neighbors up the road: Pia, Ida, Olavo, and Manko. Manko. It's two, uh, two, two sisters, brothers. two brothers who married two sisters. They're not sisters. They're not sisters. No, I've thought this whole time they were sisters. No, they're definitely not sisters. Okay, whatever. <laughs> two brothers married two ladies, and they all live in the same house. Yes, they are all in their eighties, and they are tough as shit. Yes, they're awesome. They are awesome. Gachi always told us that they would outsurvive us. They would. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's time to slaughter some rabbits. So Pia slaughtered rabbits, and Rosanna. Bought some rabbits and wanted to give them away. I don't know. Or she took was an keeping order. A few. Yeah, she took an order. It's hilarious. This is how the doctor's wife operates. Like, sh- she knows people. She knows people. So it's like, you want a rabbit? I know a, I know a lady. <laughs> so, so Jason had to go pick up uh, eight dead rabbits <laughs> and bring them to Fano. They were skinned and everything, but it was a bag of bloody rabbits. Well, which is also means it was really nice that they're all prepped out in that sense. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you don't expect ladies in the city to peel rabbits. No. So that was hilarious. So we had to bring, we had a van full of dead rabbits heading to Fano. And, um, so moving the story along, yeah. we, we get out of the car, we're moving up to, we're walking up to the front door and he takes one look at this and like the, the building is modern and the door is modern and you can see inside it's all weird art and stuff. And he, he goes, he looks like a cat or a dog who doesn't want to all of a sudden get into their like crate he starts backing up the ladies go (laughs) through the door i'm about to walk through the threshold he goes jason jason do you want to go to la rustita let's let's just go to la rustita and i'm like huh what he goes yeah la rustita is more of a family style like much more casual it's just like grilled fish salad food but Mm -hmm. not not a nice lunch like yeah i shouldn't say that that's mean um just a more casual lunch and we were kind of dressed up Mm mm-hmm so, of course, the ladies poo-poo this. Uh, we sit down. No, we didn't even poo-poo it. We just uh, totally denied the idea. We just walk in and take our sit- <laughs> Yeah, they, they just walked in and sit down. So the waiter, we look over the menu. Gaji looks over the menu, throws it down. This is a kagata. This is bullshit. Um, no, it's, it's a lot he of... He refused to order the wine. Said I had to do it. Was it was a lot of, like, infusion. Like, a, a lot of Asian infusion. Remember, out here, we're 10 years... Oh, this is more now. Asian, inf- uh, like, a, kind of... Asian infused uh, cuisine was kind of the early 2000s. Oh, well, that's on par. So we sit down and he's like, these tables are stupid. (laughs) These tables are ugly. Why would they, who picks these tables? Okay. I will give him one thing. It was hilarious. We're like, it looks really nice. Like, it's a semi-modern looking place. They had a cool little fireplace in the back. It's right on the water. But it's one of those places where it's Funk, like form over function, like the pitchers for water. Oh, that yeah, I did. The pitchers like for water are these weird moderny things. You go to pour them, and the water just pours all over the table. Everyone at the table tried to pour <laughs> water into their glass, and it just went like everywhere. The, the the tablecloth was soaked at the end. So it's like. All right, they look pretty, but they don't work, so. Um, so the waiter comes over to take the order, and Gaji says, go ahead. <laughs> Gaji goes, yes, yes. Um, 
We're ready to order, but we refuse to order anything off the menu. Slams the menu, puts it on the table. Says, <laughs> what do you have that are special today? And the guy has no specials, but he just starts, re- like, off memory, giving us all the pasta dishes. Every time he would give one. Um, tagliolini with uh, frutta di mare in bianco. Gaggi would go, nope. And just shake his head. Slow. No. <laughs> guy- ar- body language, sitting back in his chair, arms crossed. Strozza pretti con ricci di mare. Nope. Gnocchi con whatever. So Gaggi does like the weird hot chick move at the end of the list and decides to order a pasta not mentioned with a sauce. <laughs> and he's like, we don't have that pasta. <laughs> So that God, you wanted like spaghetti or something. So whatever. whatever it was, and they were like, "No, we have." And Jason's like, "Let's just get the let's just get the most common one: tagliolini yes. with the sugo di mare uh, fruit." And like, he's like, "Fine." In Bianco, <laughs> we end up getting the two most common things that you get in any restaurant: that and grilled. They're you know the finesse. I ordered pacari with ricci al mare. Um, ricci, I, ricci al mare. Um, That's um, um uh, sea urchin. Yes, okay, okay. and it was fantastic. <laughs> uh, and then we got a grilled fish and a fried Just fish. Salad. Grilled fish, fried fish, and salad. Yeah. Like the typical order that we get. It doesn't matter what restaurant you go to. No. But they brought out, because this is kind of a fancy they restaurant. They brought out like a mousse-bouche. Like mm-hmm. little tasting things. Like these are gifts from the chef kind of yes. thing. Yes. As soon as they sat them down, I was like, oh, shit. We're screwed. Like if it was just Jason and I, I'd be like, oh, this is fun. Or even with Rosanna. She's into it. She tried everything. She wasn't necessarily into it all. It, but she would try it. Even if it, even if it's just a piss-off gaji. Yes. I don't know if she really liked it. I think she loved everything <laughs> just to piss him off. So he's now at this point, he's this he's in gaji mode. So he's playing into it a little bit. Uh-huh. But I have to admit, all the things that they brought it, all the like serving things are ridiculous. It's and it, just, like the plates were humongous or the, the it was all presentation. Just but trying whatever. real too hard. Anyway, it was all Asian infused stuff. So it's like um, these little fried fish balls with wasabi. It's um, fried fish skin with sesame and like mm-hmm. soy and or sesame oil on them it was a daikon pickled daikon radish they looked at it they're like what the fuck is <laughs> they thought it was fish <laughs> this is and a, then they're like oh i'm like this is ravenello he's like no it's not because <laughs> why see, do they just, serve it like this <laughs> he just the whole thing was like not and then a the fan coup, coup de gras in um, Japanese teacups in a Japanese pot was a shiitake mushroom and rosemary, rosemary bro- tea. tea. They broth. called it a tea, but it was a broth. I liked it. It didn't go with anything. Nothing. <laughs> Gaji refused. He sniffed it and didn't understand goes, what it was this for. This smells like dirt and rosemary. <laughs> like, you like mushrooms. He's like, not these. Not these. Um, it was weird. Rosado was very complimentary. Uh, you know, the fish was all cooked perfect. Oh, the fish was Everything cooked perfect. Everything was fresh. It was fine. We would go back, Jason oh, and yeah, I. Yeah, we would go but, back. And Rosado was so funny. She was like, this is why I don't go out to lunch with Gaji. And, of course, we ran into other people from Piobico, and, uh, which is funny because everyone just wanting to get to the coast when things open up. But Jason and I just silently, we were cracking up across the table at each other, just like, this is perfect. <laughs> like, it was just... Just highly entertaining. He had his little temper tantrum and then continued to eat once the, you know, grilled and fried came. The, it was just, the, uh, the fish, the, the yeah. main course, 
cooked perfectly. So in was fact, the pasta. it he, was he some liked of the, the pasta. The pasta was beautiful. It was some of the best uh, mixed grilled fish we've mm-hmm. had in our, our area. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the trick where I went after when coffee was there. I dropped my credit card to pay, which really pisses him off. He doesn't like that. That's a big. Uh, that's a big no no. Mm-hmm. So I thought, why not end the end his horrible experience by being Pissing shown him off up even more. Yeah. <laughs> So it was an enjoyable excursion to the sea, that's for sure. And it was nice to get out, and um, then we had to run home because we have a sick cat. Our sweet boy cat, our big fat boy cat. Um, Poor guy has a kind of upper urinary issue, and they had to put in a catheter and all of this long story short. But to go to the vet two different times uh, within like three days, it's hilarious because first of all, it's just a show of all the dogs and cats and stuff, which always just cracks me up. But really in a funny way, the waiting room reminds me of the line, the coda at the pharmacy, because it is a full on in investigation, interrogation, just questionnaire questions, <laughs> whatever you want to call it of why you're there. What's going on? Do you have a dog? Do you have a cat? Uh, where do you live? Um, how long have you been here? And then they just start going on and on. Are you married? Blah, blah, blah. And then what's wrong with the cat? What's wrong with the cat? Has he been in here before? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, so-and-so they're very bravo. This is not, this is not the vet, mind you. This no, is no, no, just no, no. the people waiting. <laughs> yes. And then every time someone new comes in, we start the interrogation investigation all over again. And it's, and who do you know? And, oh, does that mean you know? Th- oh, you do you know the hair stylist? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's hilarious. I enjoy it so much, the waiting room. Um, also, I was talking to my sister after coming home from the vet and didn't realize, I mean, we have realized, but at times we kind of forget. Well, we take it for granted. Yes. The cost of cat care or well, going to the veterinary vet. Veterinary care. Yes. So the first time we took him, he got his blood work and she did all the things i think and she, he got um cortisone antibiotics. A, antibiotics and a um what's that just a saline drip and it was bucks. 30 bucks <laughs> not bad normally no. when we take a cat if it's not anything big um it's either like free g- free or just just give me 10 20 bucks mm-hmm. cash and it's so nice it's so nice the last time we went for when he had to go back again recently that was more much more intensive they put him under they put in a, a per, not a permanent but a more a a, catheter a go um, home catheter they gave him an echo uh, sonogram uh-huh. to see his uh, bladder and his kidneys and that was a big one that was 100 euros exactly i've never ever paid 100 euros at the nope vet. Highway robbery. <laughs> the vet is so funny, too. The cat is so fat. He had to give him kind of a double dose of the tranquilizer. He just wouldn't go down. And the vet kept saying, oh, Chicho. Oh, Chubbs. Did you have two cafes this morning? <laughs> it just kept cracking me up. What did you have? Two cafes? Anyway, in I think he dosed... I think he dosed him too hard because this cat was <laughs> out of it for basically 24 hours. I know. Poor thing. So, so he'll be fine. He goes back today. He gets his catheter out. Hopefully he'll get – we can get him out of this house because – He's take- been stuck inside and five cats stuck outside. Oh it's like God. some sort of Hitchcock horror film where you look up and there's four cats in a window just staring at you. <laughs> Let me in. He wants out. They want in. It's disturbed the natural balance of things <laughs> at the house. Um, and trying to keep a cat that's normally kind of an inside-outside cat and, and is free to do what they want inside. He's real mopey. I, I think know. he feels better. He's just He's mopey. got a little depressed, but thankfully it's coming to an end. Hopefully he's better. 
Um, other updates. Uh, we have a window of high pressure right now. While the northern part of uh, Europe and the UK is getting battled, battered by the beast from the east. Yeah, Holland, tons of snow and ice going across, going across the um, channel or going across the North Sea there to over to the UK and parts of northern Germany. And we've had beautiful weather uh, for the last few days. Yesterday was. 18 degrees. Say it again. 18. Um, <laughs> that is warm. That's too warm for the that's beginning like of May. February. Yeah. No, no yeah. that's a, a nice day in April. Sure. But 18, it's too warm. So it looks like uh, the salamis are almost done. So it looks like I chose correctly because if mm-hmm. this was two weeks after we made our salamis, that would screw them all up. Um, this is supposed to last through the weekend, and then we'll see. Normally, we do get a little blast of uh Air from um, the south, they call it the Scirocco, um, and high pressure sometime in February. We are, our farm is totally green. We burn all the brush. Yeah, we've been burning brush. We're green that way. Uh huh. Making teeny <laughs> tiny stars up there in the sky. <laughs> and um, we, so we, if, Jason loved it. It felt so good. The past bur- couple oh, days man, to the- clean everything, like clean all the brush off the hillside, bring it down. And just to hear bug, bugs yes. buzzing again and birds singing in the morning and owls hooting at, mm-hmm. at the dusk, it's just like, whoa, what's oh, going on? And shoulder update, he's back, baby. He was doing... Oh, yeah, it's all back. He was, uh, what was it? What's the... Um, weed whacking. Weed whacking. That's the number one sign that he's back. Um, we posted... I posted a photo yesterday or um, of the city ham the homemade city ham that we made or i don't do i don't make anything <laughs> but and there were a couple questions do you want to just really quickly i know you never want to write it out but for those who listen um how did you do the brine it's a three percent salt solution just weigh it so just weigh everything so three percent of salt to however much water you have whatever spices you like do not put, if you get good meat, do not go and get chemical salt, pink salt. It's totally unnecessary. It does, however, give the ham the color you're looking for. So our ham didn't have that red. red it it was still. It had in color, but mm-hmm. not, not like what normal hams no. have. Um, and then whatever other spices or herbs you like to throw in there, and then you have to do a calculation. Go online and look for a ham brine calculator and you put in the weight and it'll spit out the amount of time and the um the amount of liquid you should have it's really easy and explain city ham versus country ham country ham's more like a prosciutto where they put it under the salt and then take it out of the salt and hang it to cure uh, city ham is under a salty brine and then you take it out of the brine and then you let it you let it sit for a couple of days, not weeks and weeks and months like a – basically a country ham, the research I did from like Tennessee and all around there, it's it's a version of a prosciutto. Which is why we can't really find um, like a regular American idea of a ham in yeah, the grocery store. Of course you can. Prosciutto cotto. That's what I was just going to say though. But like that's boiled ham. That's silly but, ham. But that's up for sliced meats. Like you don't get it like you would – let's get a ham for Christmas is oh, what no, I'm trying no, to say. No, you know no. what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, No, you so, would get a pr- – Because they're all being used really for curing or making the – Deli meats. So I didn't do the whole leg. I did a piece called the culatello. It's Which one of prized. it's one of the two muscle groups there's of the prosciutto. It's the fiocco and the culatello. Um, look it up. Just if you want to do the whole thing, but obviously if it's the whole one, the more it weighs, the more time it takes. The bone takes more time. So this, this culatello is like. 
five kilos, so 11, 12 pounds. And it took 14 days, and I should have left it in another three or four. And then uh, you cook it low and slow, or you can boil it, or you can do whatever you want with it. I didn't do a disgusting uh, sugar glaze shit. I'm not into it. Don't like it. Well, we just wanted it just normal. normal. <laughs> we thought, oh, I don't want to mess this up at the end. Uh, you can also smoke it if you want. I, I thought about trying to smoke it. Well, that's what I was just going to ask you. Someone had asked um, if they could do the same way you brined the ham. Could you brine pancetta to make bacon that way? I have no idea. Okay. I've never made bacon. Okay. Just curious. Um, but it does do something weird. The, it does change the fat a little bit. When you brine the meat, the fat... Oh, yeah, you said you might take some of it off. Yeah, I left the skin and too much fat on. I thought, oh, I want the skin for the cracklings. Mm -hmm. And it's like the skin being in the brine for that time, it just was... Some of it was okay. Some of it was weird. And you're a skin guy. And I'm a skin guy. And the fat fat changes its consistency. So I don't know about doing... I have no idea, but my first guess would say that pancetta being 85% fat Probably not a no go. No, better under the salt. Wash it and then and then and then cure it like mm-hmm. that. So next time maybe I'll smoke it if we can figure out if I can figure out a smoker and it came out okay first Good. first time. It was uh, I enjoyed it greatly. Other things. My nickname is Ham Sammy. Ham Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. So we we um. We like a comedian named Tim Dillon. If you want, if you're not easily offended, check out <laughs> check out a comedian. Just type him into Google, or YouTube, or whatever. Uh, Tim Dillon, and he's hysterical. Anyway, he did this bit uh, over the autumn about fake business and how. And not a bit. It was a part on his podcast that was true. <laughs> but he calls it fake business. And what is fake business? Well, he's bored during the pandemic, so he'll call different commercial real estate agents uh, representing fake cli- that he's representing fake clients in uh, uh, overseas, and they're interested in the property on Rodeo Drive. They want to know the. He's got a few questions. He's got a few questions. Price per square foot. Uh, any restrictions? When that- he can get in there to check it out. <laughs> And it re- occurred to us the other day that <clears throat> we do fake business all the time as well. Our fake business is booming, actually. <laughs> now, we will... <laughs> and it seems like for a lot of other expats in Italy who have been in breakfast, it's booming as well. According to them, they're fully booked. <laughs> so it sounds like their fake business is booming. So why do I bring this up? Because we've been getting emails in the last two weeks or so about inquiries for this year, next year, 2023. 2024. And to me, it's all fake business. Why is this fake business? Now, we I don't think these people really do this. I don't think they're sending an inquiry trying to be deceptive or n- knowing or really no, not No, I think interested. they're being hopeful, wishful, want to just dream for a minute. But you guys, reality check. We all know no one knows what's going on anytime soon. There's no way. There's, <laughs> there's no- we just have been able to leave our town. How are you coming into Italy? Like, how are you coming here in July with four, with two couples and want to inquiry about a week? Come on. I know. It just seems so far from our day-to-day train of thought of, like I said, being able to leave anything from the grocery store of going, how, what is, why are we 
getting these questions right now. It's so hard. And I know you guys are just excited and chomping at the bit to travel, but it does feel a little like fake business. My girlfriend in Seattle runs amazing fake business as well as a wedding coordinator. She's, and- talking, she's talking to brides every day. We joke all the time going, oh my God. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm having these Zoom calls, setting up weddings. We don't have a clue if we're going to do this. The latest release is that there's no way we could have, or if it is, it's not what you want it to be. And so that's kind of our feeling on fake businesses booming. Um, so of course we entertain all the the questions but it's kind of like oh well and by the way so if you guys are not on a not fake business side of travel there is a website that the italian government has put out and you can go and do this little questionnaire they have it in uh english available and you do this short questionnaire if you're trying to plan a trip to italy on what whether you're allowed in what the regulations restrictions quarantine all of the details are there um the qualifications you need to get in etc and the web and they're going to supposedly keep it up to date. If so, this would be wow. <laughs> okay, so the website I'll put it up online also, but it's infocovid dot via forward slash returning to Italy dot html. No one, you just have to put up the you have to put up the link k through twelve. Anyway. It's pretty straightforward, and um, for those of you conducting fake business, this is a great site to go to to continue that. And if you're saying, I don't conduct fake business, we really want to come to – we really want to go on vacation. Put your money where your mouth is, baby. Buy the plane ticket. Book it. But you're not because no one knows what's going (laughs) on, and things change from day to day. So even if every – the the oh god and the the vaccine rollout in basically every country is just uh, a disaster. Cluster. It's a cluster. So even if everyone, do you really think even if it was possible to give everyone the vaccine by in the next few months, do you really think that just means everyone's going to open everything up? Like the vaccine's the panacea, and that's it. I know. It's a mess. No, it's a mess. Stop doing fake business. Now, we're not – we're guilty of this as well. Oh, we've been conducting fake business ourselves. Lots of fake business. (laughs) By visiting real estate agents and multiple geometrists. (laughs) So we've been trying to research what the echo bonus – Yes, we had mentioned it on the last podcast. And the seismic bonus is – in um, there's talk around town that you will uh, there's 110 percent grants for restoring um, ruined properties in a ecological way or a uh, green way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we thought, oh well, that's very interesting. Let's go check that out. Now we thought it was um, this was a program from the European Union. It's not. It's a program from the Italian government. Red flag one. So that's who's um, that's who's organizing this whole thing. Now, what we found out is it's not 110. It's not like they pay you to restore a house. That's not how it works. They're, they pay for X amount of percentage, 50 per, or 40 and 60, right? I think. 40% of the outside parts if you do it in a green way, meaning they'll pay for 40% of the roof if you do a, a double glazed windows, those kind of things. Energy efficient. Energy efficient buildings. Or if you want to, uh, if you do the new type of um, stone that, that, that doesn't pass the, the, 
the air is much, whatever. Okay, so 50% about of that, or 40% of the cost of that. Then 60% of the cost of the interior. So those are the systems. So if you put in a really... In floor heating. In floor heating. Um, if you put in solar panels, if you put in a very efficient um, um, caldaie... Uh, hot water. Hot water tank system. Um, doors, like big thicker doors or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the windows. And the windows. They'll pay 60% of that. So we're at 100%. Uh, but it's not 100%. It's 40 and 60, so they split it up. Then the 10% comes in the form of interest on whoever's floating the loan. Okay, so the someone's got to pay for this up front because the Italian government has eight years to re- release the money. Someone has to float this loan for up to eight years. Now, who's going to do that? Well, you can have the bank do it, and they get 10% interest. That's where the 110% comes from. Or you can have, if you get hire like a big construction firm, they could float. It's their materials and their labor, so they can float the loan for the eight years. Or if you have the money yourself, you can loan yourself money and make 10% off loaning yourself money um, by just financing the, the whole thing yourself. Um, the, the sticky part of this is two things. One, the Italian government has eight years to come by and control to make, cause you have to, the builders have to do what's called auto certify. They have to sign, um, sign all these forms saying it stands up to the law in the way it is written. Um, in the energy, like the checks and the checks and the energy, um, the energy class, mm-hmm. um, so they sign off on it now. Then eventually the Italian state comes around. Within eight within years. Within eight years, checks to make sure that's true, and then we'll release back the funds. It could take – up. they have up to eight. <clears throat> the part about that is all these builders are on the hook for eight years, meaning they're liable for this. Word on the street is they're – They're not really into it. <laughs> no. <laughs> because apparently it's not a question – there's a lot of different ways to – calculate the thermal square meters and the yes and the the thermal um what's the word in english like how well the the house keeps hold. its holds its thermal retention retention there you go um there's a lot of different ways to calculate that so if they calculate it and you're only allowed to be off by like two percent yes. on the whole thing which i think that's part what scares the italians whoa 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 we're a lot more gray than two yeah, percent sometimes i miss the decimal <laughs> point uh, cozy cozy pure mayo pure mayo two percent oh no we can't be pure mayo anymore no so in eight <laughs> years if they made a mathematical error or if there's a different way that they calculate the you know who knows i'm not that's not my life like job i don't know but i can understand the gist of it um they're liable for it and then the um state will not release the funds because it didn't meet the requirements in the first place and that's why they're not paying for it up front we made three different firms None of them have had clients that have been approved for this. All of their clients are still in the uh, uh, phase of making the paperwork. No one has seen a green light. No one has no seen one a knows green light. anyone who has started it. This program was announced in July, and then in December, after Christmas, the 28th of December, or the 29th, <laughs> they released an amendment to the rules and changed everything. So now it's this total, like, now everyone's trying to figure it all out. So... <clears throat> It has been clear at each one of these meetings, 
everyone's confused or there's confusion or gray area or because we're like, we've been trying to research it. We always kind of start with, we've tried to research it and study this, but we're a bit confused. And they all go, we, we are too. <laughs> we go, oh, okay. So again, good news, bad news. Is this fake business? A little, little bit. bit. <laughs> is the whole country of Italy conducting fake business? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So... <laughs> What fake business are you conducting is my question. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, a little more on fake business. Our neighbor, Pasquale, um, at the beginning of the road, he's conducting his own fake business by sending a very uh, sternly written letter to the uh, heads of the com- five different comunes along our road and the head of the regione Marque and head of the um, province that our road is unacceptable. And what's funny is Pasquale is great. It's great that he's sending this. Someone needs to, but someone has. We've done it multiple times throughout the years to no avail. Um, Pasquale only recently moved along our road. He's from town. He's from Piobico and his family has many of the first three, the first three houses along our road. And he moved into one over the winter. Well, it's been a few short months and this road is unacceptable. (laughs) It's like, yes. No shit. Um, but their family is well connected and, uh, have been mayors and things in the past and all of that. So hopefully some of these connections will pull some strings, but, uh, I'm jaded. I think it's a waste yes. of time, but his fake business declared a meeting, a fake meeting on either the 10th or the 20th. Well, I it think. might be a real meeting, but it'll be conducting fake business Yes, just to talk about it, just to talk about, to in, do a- um, sicurezza in privacy in a oh, secure setting, oh. in a private setting, we can come. We're going to talk about, we need to decide whether the road is shit or not. And I can, I can skip this meeting and tell you, yes, the road is shit. <laughs> Anything you will do will be an improvement. They have done nothing. Oh, my gosh. So, and at this point with everything, where are the funds to fix this road? There's no funds to fix this road. So to me, this is all fake business. I doubt you'll get all the people who he invited to show up. I'll be there. Um, the, o- the main reason to show up to these things is for the nosh <laughs> after. And now since there's COVID, there's no reason to show up. Um, normally, these things have a pretty good spread. <laughs> Um, we went to one for the, for some, um, sleep mattress, like, so weird. it was, it was our weird. First year. It was our first year here. And, um, our neighbor, John Carlos said, come on down. We're having a, uh, we're, you know, we're having Kinda like a Tupperware party, but for, thing, mattresses. But for, for mattresses and this sad guy got up there and did his spiel, like in a monotone voice about this mattress that cost, I it don't was know, like it was a like, Tempur-Pedic therapeutic. It was like, he's talking to a bunch of farmers and this is a 1500 year old mattress. And it's just like, and I'm like, what are all these people? Like, how do you get all these people to come down here? And then at the end, I found out why all these people were here. They put out a giant spread, and it was like these people have never eaten before in their entire lives. They attacked. It was, you know, prosciutto and salami and cheeses and and uh, crostatas and, and a lot of fingery food stuff. And just uh, water bottles refilled with white wine or red wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, everyone just filled up and as soon as the table was gone so was everyone so was all the people no one bought a no, no one bought, one bought a, a mattress so no one's gonna fix our road but hopefully we'll get a nice little uh no it's COVID. Oh, yeah, that's right god. that's what i'm saying i'm not going Shoot. there's no there's no nosh oh my god so as we said business is booming fake business, fake business is-, is booming <laughs> But um, we might have to, we might, we need to think of real business to do because we cannot have another uh, 
another year with no guests or hardly any guests, mm-hmm. as much as we'd like to have guests. So we've been knocking around ideas and trying to figure out what to do, and I have started to laminate dough. Oh, yeah. What uh, is lamination of dough, you ask? Lamination of dough is where you take a cue, a block of butter and you do a certain fold so that you put layers of butter and and this dough in between and make what's called puff pastry or pâté feuillete. I don't think I said that right in French, but it's what you make croissants pâté out pâté. of. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's what you make croissants out of. And this dough is a pain in the ass to make. But if you get it right, it creates the most flaky, buttery, lightest croissant in the entire world. And I, my idea is these – at the bars, they serve the worst. It's called the Cornetto, and it sucks. It's a shitty version of a French croissant. People buy them all the time. They love to eat them. They love them filled with – like chocolate or cream they're gross they're not good they're not <laughs> worth it believe me if it was if it was remotely worth it i would eat them all the time it's not uh however a butter croissant is delicious is worth it worth it and i think it's something that they would eat but it's going to cost more money so i have to figure out Will people, if let's say if a cafe in Cornetto costs two euro, two twenty five, will someone be willing to spend three euro for a cafe and a croissant au beurre? I don't know, but Jason's practicing. I'm practicing. And we're okay. Uh-oh. First, first, first few attempts. Ooh, I'm sixty percent there. Yeah, he hasn't. You haven't done this since culinary school, have you? Not by hand. No, no. that's what I mean. Not by hand. <laughs> So back to the basics. It's not the mo- it's not impossible to do. It's just a lot of steps with. Oh yeah, because with- when you were at the f- um and school, you guys had like the marble table. Would you use a marble table? For yeah, this? you use a frozen uh, chilled marble uh-huh. countertop and blah 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 and everything. And the butter is um, properly proper, like yeah. sized out. Or did you have to bang it out? Too? You still have to bang it out, but it's it's the good butter. Mm-hmm. That's the problem here. The butter in our area has a lot of milk compared to the fat. Um, whereas that French butter is that yellow, like really, really fatty, beautiful butter, and yes. it's if you have too much, if you have cheap butter, the when the when it cooks, the water comes out of the butter and doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So I got to work on that, and I have to work on my fold and my. Um, it has to be perfect, like mm-hmm. the, the, it has to be totally squared up we'll work on it we might buy a sheeter here and then the game is on if i get a sheeter a sheeter is just a machine that you can with basically two rolling pins one on the bottom and one on the top and a belt and you just shove the dough through there and you can set it to any size and it does the roll for you in a mechanical way so it's much more precise once he gets this down pan chocolate uh, pan raison, pan chocolat, and <laughs> croissant. But we'll see. And then we're doing this in the winter too, which makes it easier because um, the butter doesn't melt as quick and mm-hmm. it kind of stays. You can't have the butter melt. If it melts while you're rolling it out, you're screwed. So what happens when it's 30 degrees? Oh, out? you got to work quick. You better be good. I was thinking about that the other night. If we do this, I have to, I'll, I'm going to become a vampire. Mm-hmm. In the middle of summer, there's no – you'd have to start when the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're putting the cart against. Uh, uh, we're putting the cart. More fake the business. More fake business. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to wrap it up. We got to take this sweet boy cat back to the vet, and uh, let's get the day started. Yep. More burning. More more cutting down. More clearing brush. Yep. Feeling good. Feeling good. Getting getting Chew in it. shape. And uh, 
Move your fat body. All right. Well, have a wonderful week. Thank you guys for listening. You can find us if you want to conduct your own fake business um, at latavolamarche.com. L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>